Art of the Assistant. Brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia. A podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. All right, everyone. Thank you again for joining us for Art of the Assistant. Man, we have a, a special guest with us today that we are excited about that Dan and I are interviewing. His name is Steve Miller. And Steve is the pastor of Heritage there in Virginia, in Ashburn, Virginia, and he's been at the church now six months. But prior to that, he served in the assistant pastor role and for 15 years. And so he understands exactly where many of you guys are. He's been there, done that with two different pastors in two different locations with two different styles. And we're just going to pick his brain today, not only of what it was like working with those pastors, but also diving into his transition. That's where his heart is and how not only he transitioned out, but he's stepping into a church for a pastor who'd been there for 32 years. And there's, um, it's not easy to transition into a ministry like that. Matter of fact, many of those guys are called the sacrificial lamb because you're the next guy and you're, you're on your way out as soon as you're on your way in. And so we're just excited to pick his brain and to see what he can offer to us. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Uh, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. I love this concept of this podcast, The Art of the Assistant, because as an assistant pastor for so many years, there were so many times where I thought, you know, I need a resource for me mm-hmm. to be able to uh, share or glean from what someone else is going through in my position. And I know so many times in ministry, it's geared to the senior pastor, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of resources. So to have this, I think is fantastic. And I'm so thankful to be here and be on the podcast today. Well, man, we're excited to have you there. And again, um, you know, guys like you are, are the ones we're not, we don't consider ourselves old, but all these young guys listening, I mean, we're the old ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm starting to feel that more and more every day. <laughs> That's so good. So Steve, tell us about you. Um, you know, what Ashburn is like, what's going on at the church, your family, how many children you have, how long you've been married. Just give us a background on, on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my wife and I have been married for 16 years. Uh, we met at Bible college, one of those classic uh-huh. you know, stories, uh, go in love at Bible college. And, um, we have two, two boys, Marcus and miles, uh, Marcus is nine and miles is six. And, uh, we've been in full-time ministry, uh, for 16 years, basically we got married. And then literally about two weeks later, we went into full-time ministry as an assistant pastor. I I've been a youth pastor, uh, school principal, uh, you know, executive assistant pastor, uh, and, and everything else in between. Came, so recently, God moved our family to Ashburn, Virginia, and I became the senior pastor of Heritage Baptist Church. And it's been fantastic. It's awesome. And I, uh, God's doing some great things here. We're seeing people saved and, and the church grow, even in the midst of uh, a pandemic and, and a lot of uh, different restrictions, limitations. We're just pressing forward, and we're excited about what, what God what God is doing here. So as we jump into this idea of an assistant, um, let, let me just start off with, you know, you're right out of college and you're going into your first ministry. Where was that and what kind of leadership style did your pastor have um, when you went in comparison then when you left and went to, you know, your second church? Yeah. So when I graduated from Bible college, I became the youth pastor at the church that I grew up in. So Another kind of classic situation uh, there. I was born and raised in that church, and 
I don't come from a ministry family. Uh, matter of fact, my parents were divorced when I was very young. And, um, and so the church for me was really a place, a haven that I enjoyed and that I loved and I wanted to be a part of. It was something I always wanted to be a part of. And so, you know, from a very early age as a teenager, it was kind of destiny for me. Like I was going to come back and, and work at this church yeah. Yeah. and that happened. And, and, but what happened was, was the pastor who I grew up under retired and they got a new pastor as I was in Bible college. Okay. And so uh, just, I was kind of almost grandfathered in as a staff member. And so I still came and it was interesting because, you know, you learn a lot of things in Bible college. And honestly, when I was in Bible college, I was like, you know what, I'm here to learn and I'm going to take what I learned and I'm going to apply it to ministry. And so I did, I walked into that first job and I, I felt ready because I thought I'm trained. I know what to do. I know how to respond. And everything that I thought I was supposed to do and how it was supposed to go didn't go that way at all. And uh, the new pastor, uh, he was coming in and again, you know, dealing with a lot of transition himself and maybe some insecurities. I, I don't know. But um, it, it, my first year as an assistant pastor was was very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 had some times of, of just conflict. Uh, if I can say this, the very first. Uh, time I met with the pastor as an assistant, fresh out of Bible college. Um, he sits me down in his office. I'm there with a pen and paper. I'm ready, you know, yeah. to write things down, to get the job done, you know, and I got a pocket full of tracks and I'm ready to go, you know, win some souls. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to earn my salary. I'm going to make this happen. It's awesome. And he sits me down and he takes his shoe. He was wearing like a floor shine, like loafer. Yeah. And he takes his shoe and he puts it on the desk. And he says, do you see this? I, yes, sir. I'm, I mean, I'm like, yes, sir. Okay. Floor shine shoe. I'm trying to figure it out. They didn't teach me this in Bible college. I'm trying to figure out where this is going. He says, you see this shoe? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, this is going to be in your rear end for the next 12 months. <laughs> wow. Well, first meeting, welcome to the ministry. And what size uh, is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, do you, you know, do you want? I can, yeah, I can. I'm thinking I can stand up and make it easier for you. Just let me know what you need to do, and um, just let me know. And and so right away, I, I I was hit with this with this thought of like, okay, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Now it's not that way everywhere, um, but for me, that's what it was. And so right away my my mindset of being assistant pastor changed immediately and i thought okay how do how do i work with this person and we ended up staying there for one year and after a year it was just i had i couldn't okay. take it anymore steve were you guys married we were married oh yeah my wife was the secretary of uh, at the church okay and so we had those uh you know car conversations and you know at home living room conversations where we're like okay this isn't as an assistant pastor, I thought, okay, I'm not even sure if this is wrong or not, mm -hmm. because I, I just, I guess this is how it is. I had no prior experience to fall back on to yeah. say if this was right or wrong. And it took me a long time to realize, no, this isn't right. And, and this isn't how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, then I began to transition. And we, we actually left that ministry after uh, a year and went to another ministry where I continued on assistant pastor and learned very quickly that, no, it's not this way everywhere. It, there are good situations. That's really good. And, and so you transition after a year, okay, you're in your, your, your second ministry. And so then basically you're there, what, 14 years? 
Yeah. So no, I, I bounced around a couple of times. I'll give you kind of the timeline. So yeah. basically I was there for, I went to my, my father-in-law's church, my dad, my wife's father was a pastor at the time. And we moved across the country uh, from Pennsylvania to California after one year of marriage. And I became the uh, assistant pastor there. I was there for five years. And then I transitioned from there to one year in Arkansas. And, and we don't, that's a whole nother podcast, Craig, I'm telling you. Um, yeah. And so we, we, we spent a year there. We were kind of more of in a transition phase. Yeah. And we were just looking to see what God was doing. Then after one year in uh, Arkansas, uh, Josh Tice out in Southern Hills uh, yeah. in Vegas um, reached out. and we, we got connected and I became the, the city, uh, youth pastor there for five years. Okay. And then after five years, I was uh, after five years, I was in my early 30s and um, I realized, OK, I, I enjoy being a youth pastor, but I'm ready for more. But I'm not necessarily ready to be an assistant pastor or a, a senior pastor yet. And so I, I moved back to the East Coast and I took a position as a creative pastor um, at a large church in Baltimore, a Rosedale Baptist Church under Scott Toole. Yeah. And, uh, and then that's where I just came from uh, a couple months ago. Uh, oh. I was, a, you know. You, so you, when it comes to being under different leaders and different styles and different ministries, you know, you've, you've been around. The, oh, yeah. Ministries, different states, different cultures, different mentalities altogether. Different yes. Ages. I mean, Josh Young, Scott's not old, but he's, you know, older season. And, yes. and, and so you've seen some different things. Yes. That, and honestly, at the time I was, you know, in somewhat maybe discouraged because I was like, man, I had this dream of like, I was going to go somewhere and stay there for, for years and years. That was my heart, uh, truthfully. And, and when, when that wasn't happening, I was getting discouraged and I was like, what's going on. But now looking back on that, man, I wouldn't trade that for anything because having access to the different personalities, leadership styles, different levels of churches has been absolutely invaluable mm -hmm. to where I'm at today. Yeah. And I think that's a good lesson, even for our guys listening. You know, I can look back and say, man, I stayed too long or I should have never gone there at the time. You know, again, those car talks on the way home from church. What was yes. that? What, you know, can you believe that was said? But man, God has used each one of those places that I have <clears throat> been to mold me and make me into who I am today and the pastor that I am today. Yes. And so would you say, Steve, then, do you see like, do you find yourself saying something or doing something? Or you're like, oh man, then that's, I, that's like Scott saying that, or that's like Josh saying that, or do you find yourself there? Yes. 100%. Matter of fact, I, I do it so much that I feel like I need to start paying royalties um, to some of these guys uh, because, because I just literally, I just, you just steal it, you know? And, and, uh, and then people think I'm the smart one because they're like, wow, that was great. Oh yeah. Thank you. You know? And I have to, I feel guilty. So I'll call like, you know, Scott Tool and I'll say, Hey, I just want you to know, I completely stole a line that you <laughs> use at your church. And, but that, it's, that's been good though. You know, I, I think uh, for me, that's, you don't realize how much those ministries have an impression on you. Mm -hmm. And I would say also, you don't realize how much you learn, even in the bad seasons um, yeah. where you're going through something difficult. And then now you're in the situation. And I, I, honestly, I think every senior pastor can say this to some degree that, you know, looking back, they would almost like understand more now what their senior pastor they worked for went through. I, I can definitely understand that now, you know, when, when I wanted to do something and Josh said no, or Scott said, no, nah, I'm not sure. And I'm like, what's the problem? You know, mm -hmm. uh, now I, in, in this role, I'm like, oh, I can totally see 
like why they would be hesitant or why they wouldn't do that. And so it's, it's all, it's all about perspective. I I gained a lot of perspective at the places I was at and I learned a lot of lessons and yes, I do use those all the time and utilize those, those lessons all the time. You know, even when you don't agree with what the pastor is doing, there's still a lot to learn from that. Yes. Uh, Yeah, there is. And a matter of fact, so when I went to Rosedale as an assistant pastor, it was an established church. And um, I was I was given some some a good level of responsibility right away. And my my heart and my mindset and my method of ministry is much different than Scott Tools. And I say that with all love. And he knows that we've had many conversations, but it, con- it got to the point where it was, it was becoming a conflict. It was becoming a problem because, you know, I was moving faster than he wanted to move. I was getting frustrated because he wasn't moving fast enough. And then he was getting frustrated with me because he felt like I was trying to push him faster and all these different things. And so I had to ask myself, how do I steward this influence? I don't want to lose the influence. How do I steward it? And so for me, um, I read uh, Sragan's book just to give me an understanding of how I could manage this. And I remember one time actually taking my, my pastor out, Scott Tool, out to lunch. And I asked him this question. I said, if I disagree with you about something, how should I go about telling you? Hmm. That's right. And, and, and he said to me, he said, yeah, he said, absolutely. He said, if you, if you, if you disagree with me about something, he said, the best thing would be to be to take me to lunch and just talk to me about it one-on-one. Perfect. And so now for me, it took my frustration and it gave me an avenue that, that anytime I would say to him, Hey, can we go to lunch? You know, (laughs) he knew, you know, okay, there's something that you want to share. And that was the avenue to share. And so, and so now what it did for me was it was like, okay, how, how far do I want to take this? Is it worth getting up from my desk, scheduling a lunch on his calendar, taking an hour of his time just to share with him that I didn't like the second song that we sang. I felt it was too old. And so now it was like, I had asked myself, is it worth it? I know I can do it, but is it worth it? And that really helped me to manage and steward uh, the different instances that we came across to know what was worth and what wasn't. And that's awesome. I've heard Mark Dever, he'll say, you know, if we're having a meeting and I see that one of my pastors are disagreeing with me, and I see a little tension there when the meeting's over, I'll say, hey, tomorrow, let's take a walk. Yeah. And he says, so we always walk and talk. And I read another pastor that keeps two baseball gloves and a baseball in his office. Hmm. And he yeah. said, when there's disagreement there, hey, let's go throw a ball. And they go outside yeah. and they throw baseball and they talk as they're throwing that baseball just to air and share about that disagreement. So I think it's important not only for the assistant, but the senior pastor to be realize we're not always going to get along. So what's the best way for us to go through and talk about why yeah. I did why what I did? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it also, too, it depends on I always uh, I'll tell assistant pastors who I talk to. Uh, so you have to decide on your staff what you want to be. Do you want to be a conformer to culture or do you want to be a change of culture? Mm-hmm. So do you want to conform to the culture that is or do you want to change the culture that is currently in place. And so for me, anytime as an assistant pastor, I always found myself being a culture changer so that I'm going to come in and say, "Mm, why do we do this? Or how do we do this? There's some assistant pastors that get a lot of joy out of just conforming to the culture. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with just being a support and being uh, there when the pastor needs you and following through on what he asks you to do. Mm -hmm. And I know many guys that, man, they enjoy that. They thrive in that. They're never going to rock the boat. 
the, the, the problem comes up when you are not that and you're a culture changer and you're a leader on the staff, you've got to learn how to manage manage that. Or otherwise, it's just going to lead to frustration and transition and you're going to leave and you're going to burn bridges. And so for me, I always knew that I had to establish that because I knew who I was, that I wasn't going to just let things be how they are, yeah. that I'm just going to move things forward. And I wanted to make sure my pastor knew my heart when I was doing that. And when you talk about disagreeing too, Drake, you know, you say, well, is it wrong to disagree with your pastor? I don't think so, because I, I subscribe to the philosophy that if two people think alike, then one's not needed. Wow. And if I think exactly like my pastor, then, okay, why does he need me around? Um, so I want to come in and always provide a different perspective uh, from what he has in order so that we can make the best decision, not my best decision or his best decision, but the best decision. Awesome. Changing, changing directions then, Steve. You, you, again, talked a lot about this transition. Why are you leaving? Yeah. And, and so in your realm and talking to assistant pastors, speaking at different conferences, what, what are some of the frustrations that come up with these guys you're talking to and, and what is causing them to leave even prematurely? Is it that they're getting their wings clipped and they can't fly? Is it disagreements? Is it money? Is it what do you think it is that you see that's out there that, that might be frustrating for some of these assistants? And you would tell them, listen, it's not worth leaving over. Yeah, that's a great question. And obviously every, every situation is different in the context and the nature of the leader. And there are in some situations, some really good reasons to leave um, case in point when, you know, a guy puts a shoe on the desk and says, Hey, this is going to be the next 12 months. I may want to start. Put- I do that with my son. He hasn't left yet, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but you know, but, but ultimately, I think I think that there's frustration that comes in in a, in a couple areas when it comes to the assistant pastor. Number one is is uh, value. They don't feel valued mm. in that they're doing a lot. They are accomplishing a lot, but many times they're they're not receiving that value back, whether it be in affirmation or in monetary. Uh, many situations uh, of churches, they're they're not structured well from a business standpoint in that they don't have quarterly reviews. They don't have annual reviews. They don't have raise structures. And so therefore as an assistant pastor, you come in, you get, you get a salary, you work really hard. And then five years later, you're making the same amount of money, but doing 10 times more than what you came in. And now you feel frustrated because you're like, well, I should be. And the answer is yes, you should be, you should be compensated. You should have a raise, but you're in an organization that is just not structured that way. And right. so guys get frustrated because they're like, I'm not making enough money or they can't see a future where they're going to continue to be valued at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to money. If I can just be completely yeah. honest, is that they are there. They're saying, look, I'm trying to raise a family. I'm trying to buy a home. I'm trying to uh, you know, grow my family and I'm just not making enough money. And the conversation now is, well, should my wife go work at Pizza Hut and deliver pizzas and, or should I get a second job? And now you're shifting away from ministry and you're focused on just surviving. And so because there is a lack of value given to that assistant pastor, now there's frustration and a lot of it is money. I've had many conversations with assistant pastors who literally, they said, I just don't feel like I'm making enough money. Yeah. And, and that can be a tough situation to be in. And so I think that's one thing that, that, that can lead to 
pastor assistant pastors leaving uh, prematurely because they just don't know how to approach their boss. They know how to talk to their friends. They know how to get counsel from their pastor, but they don't know how to talk to their boss about their job situation. That's really good. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, again, those are, these are, man, if you go, if you put this down to one word is communication. Yeah. You've got to be able to communicate. You know, you sit down again with your boss and say, listen, I'm just not, I, I'm just not making enough to survive. I remember having that conversation um, it is. where, where even if it was communication, you know, I've done with my youth pastor saying, listen, I'm, we're probably at the top of our budget as far as youth ministry goes and what we can pay. Um, yeah. You know, and if you want to, if you're comfortable there, that's awesome. But I just want you to know, I can't do any more personally. And it's still pretty good pay, honestly, you know, for what we're doing. But, hey, if he wants to run Grubhub Friday night, Saturday, I have no issues with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like that. But it's communication. I want him to be able to come talk to me and, and me able to talk to him with those things. Yeah. And there's, there are times where I will, I would walk into like Scott's office and I would say, Hey, I need you. I want to have a conversation with you and I need you to put on like your boss hat right now. Yeah. And I need some, cause I'm, I'm going to present to you something that has to do with my financial package. And so look, when we leave here, I know you're my friend. I know you love me. I know it's nothing personal. It's business. And I understand if we can or can't do something, but I need to know this is how I'm approaching you with that. I would say that is a, that is a big thing where guys just feel stuck because their wife is looking to them. They're, maybe their wife is unhappy because, you know, they're not able to get ahead financially. And they think, man, how, how big do I have to grow the youth group or how much more time do I have to take away from my family in order to be noticed? And that's where I would say that you cannot let that go too far. Yeah. Um, you've got to come in right away and say, hey, I, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. And it may lead to a conversation that, that, like it did in one of my situations where they said, look, that's just not here and it's not going to be here. And it may be that if that's what you want, you may need to begin to look for another place uh, to serve just because what you want, we cannot give you. And so we, but we want you to have that. And so we're encouraging you now to go look for, for that somewhere else. That's good. Yeah. We did two podcasts, one called art of entrepreneurship and art of poverty, you know, mm -hmm. talking about this and, and God has not called us necessarily to take an oath of poverty. You know, yeah. we're not the Catholics. We're not among Yes. And, and so, so yeah. So if you're listening in and you want to be like, man, I need more of that. You can go back and check out those two podcasts. So, Steve, also moving on then, thinking about transitions. So you've transitioned, you know, a number of times. This last transition was huge, um, transitioning out as well as transitioning in. And you, um, I believe you said in your article, is almost like an eight-month process of this yes. happening and this transition. And there were some important steps that, that was necessary in order to make that successful. Can you elaborate maybe what a couple of those steps were and how you guys went about making this transition. Did, you know, did Scott know at the time that you were starting to look or did you and your wife just decide, Hey, it's time to start. And then I'll bring it to Scott later. If God opens a door, what were some things that happened there? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, in my situation, uh, my senior pastor uh, was one of the first people to know that I was even thinking about looking. Okay. Not even that I was looking. So in our situation, I, I was, just feeling the leading of the Lord. 
okay, God, do you want me to be a senior pastor? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to start a church? And as I began to think about that, one of the first things I did was I went to my pastor and I said, I've not talked to any churches. I've not put out any resumes. I've not done anything, but I want you to know that I would, I'd like for you to begin to pray with me about the idea that I might go become a senior pastor. (laughs) Yes, it was very much baby steps. And, and for, and for my pastor, that was the way to approach him again, saying that also what I'm not saying is there was layers and layers of context beyond behind that of relationships that I built with him that I felt comfortable to go to him and, and do that. I knew how I had to go to him because I knew him. Yes. Because be, And so it was important that he had time to process and he had some lead time. So I said, let's go ahead. And I said, it was October. I said, I'd like to pray about this for a couple of months. And in January, I will come back to you and let you know, yes or no, that I do believe that God is leading us to either start a church or, or take a church. And I'll let you know. And so he said, I appreciate that. And we began that, we began that process. And so in January, I came back to him and I said, yes, I do feel that God is, is leading us to take a step. Um, but I'm not sure exactly what. And I said, let me, let me give you an outline. And here's the the thing is that when, as an assistant pastor, if you do feel that God is transitioning you um, or is working your heart to maybe go take a senior pastor position, um, then you have to come in. I feel it's really important for you to come in to your senior pastor with a plan that he can decide on. Don't make him the person who has to come up with all the, all the, the plan. Now there's a big difference between coming into your senior pastor and saying, Hey, I feel like God is transitioning me out and to another ministry or to a senior pastor position. And so I want you to know that I'm going to be looking for a different position. Most guys do that. And now the pastor's like, okay, well, I have to pastor my church. So I need you to go right now. Yeah. And then the, yeah. the senior pastor, the assistant pastor says, look at this guy, man, this guy is so rude. And he, he's so, you know, he's so uh, ungracious that he would just kick me out. Well, he's, he's got to move on in the church that he has to. So because you're not giving him a plan, he's a decisive guy. That's why he's a senior pastor. He's going to make a decision and say, how about you leave in three months? Yeah. Hmm. And then you're going to go three months. I was thinking like three years I could hang out on the staff. And <laughs> even though I'm, even though I'm looking, you can still pay my salary. And even though I'm not going to be here long-term, I, you could still pay my medical insurance. I thought that because it, only in ministry, do we spiritualize bad decisions? Mm-hmm. And so if I was working at Sam's Club and I went to my manager at Sam's Club and said, hey, listen, I really like Costco. And I think Costco is a great place to work. And so my, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to work at Sam's Club for as long as possible. And you're going to pay me until a job opens up at Costco. Once it does, then I'm going to leave. Does that sound good? They're going to say, you know, you can just leave right now because if you're not going to be here, then we don't need you here. That's common in the world. In ministry, we spiritualize it and we say, God's moving me on and pastor, I need you to hold your breath until God tells me where he wants me to go. And, oh, I need you to keep paying me and keep my kids in school and make sure that I'm, I'm an influential staff member here. Yeah. So it doesn't work. So what I did was I came in and said, pastor, I do feel like God's leading me to become a senior pastor. And here's what I'd like to do. I'd like your permission to look for the next eight months. 
And I'd like to uh, look and see different churches and see different opportunities, see what's out there. If after eight months, nothing comes up, then I will commit to being on the staff here for an additional year and not look at all. Okay. And, and he said, perfect. Per that's great. And so then we began that process of the eight months of looking and looking. And I kept him in the loop on everything. If a church came up, he, we would meet about once a month. And I would tell him where I was and what was going on and what I felt like God was doing. It was a wonderful, wonderful process. And I really enjoyed it because I got him in on the very, very beginning of it. And that's what I would encourage the assistant pastors to do. Get your pastor in on uh, the very beginning. Because my pastor told me he can be influenced, but he doesn't like he does not like to be surprised. So just for some of our listeners, um, Steve, they're, they're probably not familiar with Rosedale. You know, this you got you're with a great team of people. You know, I've got some friends on staff there and man, I love them. You know, give those guys that they're, they're great guys. So so this transition is not even easy for you. And no. but but how about your wife? Because when you're with a team like that, she's comfortable. She's friends with the other pastor's wives. These are great ladies that we're with. And now you're wanting me. You're wanting to take me out of here. And yeah. I think we're finally established in a place that I love with the team that I love and you're moving me. Where did your, how did your wife handle that? And where did she come in with this? Yeah. So in my context, Dre, my wife was actually more ready than I was. Oh, wow. um, my, my, my wife is, uh, is very spiritual and she, she'd make a great pastor. I told the church <laughs> that she'd bring a wonderful pastor. She was very, she was, she had a lot of faith and, and she was ready to just like jump out there. And I'm like, Oh, hold on here. Like, you know, Hang on a second. Yeah. And, and so she was really ready. I would say, though, in, in a different situation, if my wife wasn't ready, then I'm not going to make a transition. Yeah. Um, I just believe that it has to be together. And if you're pulling your wife along to come and be a part of the next thing, then you need to slow down. Yeah. Um, and I think this is really, really important. Yeah, we did work for a great team. Rosedale is a larger ministry, and uh, we had 15 assistant pastors on staff. And so we had a great team, and a, I had a great position. Honestly, I was very secure. And that's one thing that the reason why I was hesitant, my wife was on board. She was a great guy. I was hesitant because I wanted to make sure that I was not valuing opportunity over security. For me, security for my family was absolutely important. And I knew transitioning into a senior pastor role that even though there's more opportunity, opportunity to preach, opportunity to lead, opportunity to set vision, there's less security in the fact that I'm more vulnerable as the leader. I'm more out there. My decisions matter more. I, I have to make sure that financially we're moving forward. And so I really hesitated to become a senior pastor because I personally, I personally valued the security of an assistant pastor position over the opportunity of a senior pastor position. And I was fine with that. I mean, I was making a good salary. My, I had health insurance. My kids were going to a good school. And all I had to do was come up with two or three songs a week, come to a couple of meetings, drink some Starbucks. Meet with a few folks, yeah. you know, and I was good. And it was great. I have to worry about the offering. I'd have to worry about who was mad at me. It didn't matter because they were thinking they had the pastor. He told me to do it. So I just did what he told me. Yeah, yeah. I loved the security. I think that's why it took me so long to actually consider becoming a senior pastor because I loved the security of the position. Here's what I would say to anybody that's listening who thinks, I wonder if I'm ready to be a senior pastor. 
I would say this, if you value your security right now over opportunity, then I would say, just stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't lack faith. You just simply enjoy the fact that you have a job, your family's taken care of, and that you get to do ministry at a level that you feel like you're being fulfilled. That's where I was, right? I was there. I didn't want to leave, but God was moving me on. And my wife was already five steps ahead of me <laughs> in that. I was catching up to her. Really? She was excited to go. Yeah, and that's so important. I even think, Steve, when your kids are older, you know, when they're getting their teen years, it's important to consider them as well in this. Yes. How many times has a pastor taken a position that was bigger and better, dragged the wife and your, your older teenagers along, and then their, their kids rebel from ministry and church and everything because yes. you've taken them from, from, I think all that needs to be considered. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely. I totally agree. Now, going into heritage, pastor been there 32 years. What were the steps that that church made? And is the, is the pastor of 32 years still there? And if not, did you guys have a period of transitioning, passing baton? What transpired there? Yeah, uh, so I, I started looking for churches to, to pastor. And I remember I was so excited. Once my pastor gave me the green light, he was like, yeah, go for it. Start looking. Man, I started looking. And if you know me, I'm a very passionate, full throttle guy. And so literally I put my resume in any church that needed a pastor. Um, I mean, I was, I was pastor at every church. I had to remind myself, okay, Steve, you can only pastor one church. You can only pastor one church. And I would come home and I would tell my wife, I would say, Hey, guess what happened? I put my resume in a church in San Francisco, Florida, Montana, and Michigan. And so just pray about all that, you know? And she said, whoa, 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 whoa. And so we, I remember we sat down and we said, okay, if we were going to select a church, what would we want? Uh, what would be on our list? And here's what it was. It was, we wanted to pastor a church that was in or near a large city. That was for us. Um, we wanted to pastor a church that was smaller so we could grow with the church. And we wanted uh, to pastor a church in an area where they had professional sports teams. That was my personal <laughs> prayer um, because I like sports. And so I, I, I want to love where I live. And so we love the DMV area where we were, Baltimore, Maryland, D.C. And so when Heritage came up, I saw Ashburn, Virginia. And so immediately because I had set that list up, that one went to the top for me because it was in the area that I enjoyed. And I looked at it and I put my resume in. I went through. Uh, like a, uh, a church job board uh, called churchstaffing.com. And, and a lot of times assistant pastors, especially kind of in our world, they don't really know about, about those things. And those are really great. Um, I often tell assistant pastors that I would rather go through a process than be given a position. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go through a process. And many times assistant pastors, uh, if you look at them, you talk to them, they've never been through a formal interview process when it comes to their job because their dad hired them or their buddy hired them or their their friends, you had a friend who told them they were a good person. And so now their resume doesn't look good and it's and they don't know how to do a cover letter and they have no idea. So going through a job board really makes you like, you know, get your stuff in order. And so I submitted my resume to, to Heritage. Long story short, kind of fast forward, what I found out about the entire process was, was they, they received 117 resumes for this wow. position. Wow. And for them, they had a process where they were narrowing it down through video interviews, through questionnaires, and through in-person interviews. And every round of those interviews, they, they cut off more guys. And so it started out with 117, 
they did in, uh, they did video interviews with, I don't know the exact number, but I'll just say about 40 guys. They did video interviews. Then they came back and said, okay, here's the guys that we think could move on to the next round, who we should give questions. They gave me a questionnaire that ended up being 12 pages long in my responses. And I didn't write long responses. It was just that's how many questions that they had. And then after that, they narrowed, they narrowed that down to um, 16 and then down to three. And then those three guys came to the church on a Saturday and presented their vision for 45 minutes. And then the panel asked them questions for 45 minutes. So a 90 minute uh, in-person interview. And then after that, that's when they actually narrowed it down to one. And that was the guy who actually came and candidated. So we didn't have the job after that. It was just a, a, a great pro- and I'm telling you, Dreg, the, the process was so powerful because it allowed me to share with them who I was. And I knew what I was looking for. They knew what they were looking for. And truthfully, even though I, I, it was a long process, I was willing even up to the very end moment to say no. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I'd rather want something I don't have than to have something I don't want. And, and I wasn't just looking for a position. I was looking for a future. Amen. And, and so with some of that too, again, wisdom and knowing that, you know, you're not out there looking for a job and I've got to make this happen because I've got to yes. have a job. That's, that's a great place to be. And to that communication process is um, absolutely wonderful. Now had the, the senior pastor at that at heritage already going on the way, was he involved in this? Where was he? Yeah, he was part of the public committee. Okay. <laughs> and so he was, he was there the whole, the whole time. I had many, many conversations with him uh, throughout that process, getting to know him. I actually came down, spent some time with him, even while I was during, during the interview process. And it was very good. Um, and he ended up um, retiring and then he stayed on. Well, I, I was voted in, I it was a unanimous vote and uh, yes, I was voted in and then he stayed on for a month. And uh, we and we had the transition. Then after a month, we did kind of a passing of the baton, like literally passing the baton. I have it in my office here. And uh, it was a wonderful thing. That's awesome, man. This has been I think this has been incredibly helpful. And I know it'll be a a real blessing to all these guys listening. And and man, just an encouragement. Dan, you got anything to add to that? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, is there a staff at Heritage? Do you have a staff? We, uh, my, so I have a part-time secretary and then my wife, my wife works here as well. Right. Um, have you, uh, you know, as you're building a staff there after being an assistant for 15 years, you know, how, how do you want to, how do you want to develop that? How do you, you know, how do you start? What, what is your philosophy in that communication, meeting structure, style, those kind of things? Okay. I want to be here. I, I agree with the vision of heritage. It's not about, can you work for me? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about me, right? Um, it's about us. And are you willing to get behind this vision? And so to me, someone who is willing to uh, follow the vision and accomplish the vision is someone who's very valuable to the team. Mm-hmm. And so we we try to have a a, uh, a team concept here that is, that is one of empowerment. We empower the people on our team. We put the right people in the right position and we let them go. Uh, I, I don't control everything. I care about everything, but I don't control everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I want to do what I do best and soar my strengths. I'm a big believer in like uh, personality evaluations and stuff. 
and knowing what I can and cannot do well and just living in that space. And so, yeah, here, here at Heritage, man, we are, we're moving forward. We um, we're thankful for what God is doing and we are, uh, you know, we are looking right now for a worship pastor. So if there is uh, someone listening uh, and they're, they're open to, to talking to me, I could, I would, I would love, if you play the guitar and you can sing on, on, on key, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good, man. And you might be getting some. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right there. Absolutely. Well, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, man. So if you're listening, you do have any questions, you know, Steve is available. You can find his email address um, right there on the church's website, Heritage Baptist, and you can look him up that way. If you want to get to him through us, you can do that as well. And we'd um, be, be happy to pass that information on. Steve, thank you. Absolutely, thank guys. You. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, to, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. I think it's a huge, huge, I have a heart, even though I'm a senior pastor now, I, I have a heart for assistant pastors um, who, who are just trying to figure it out. And um, I would recommend the book that I read, which is Clay Scroggins book, how to lead when you're not in charge. That was the absolute single best resource that helped me um, to not be frustrated anymore. Once I read that book, and I applied some of the principles to it, my frustration went away. It really did. And I was able to lead and grow and work with my pastor and it, and it paid incredible dividends. And so I would encourage if you're looking for a resource that some of your listeners to maybe pick that book up and, uh, and, and it's worth the read because sometimes we think they're the problem and that's why things aren't going the way they're supposed to go. But Clay does a good job at kind of pointing the finger back at at you and say, maybe you need to look at where you're at and what you're doing and how you can adjust. And that's exactly where I was. And so it was a big help to me. I read that book about a month ago and the, it did some practical, but it's also philosophical. You're going to get philosophy yeah. as well as some practical. So it's definitely good in that. I tried, I, sorry, Steve, any closing comments to all of our assistants that are listening today? I would just say that, just remember that you're not alone, uh, that the frustrations you feel in, in your ministry or the situation that you're going through Many other men and, and families are going through that. And so don't, don't sit there alone in your frustration, but reach out and communicate. I think that's been the theme of this, this episode. Communicate to uh, the decision makers and communicate to the people that can actually do something about your situation and help you and encourage you. And I think if you'll do that, you'll, you'll, you'll find encouragement, you'll find help, and you'll be able to find uh, a direction that maybe wasn't there before and just just keep staying faithful to the lord uh god knows where you are and uh, i just believe that he will do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think as you pray and trust him uh each and every day and um i think that's that's uh that's something i just wanted to share at the end there that's awesome man thank you so much all right again if you guys have any questions you want to reach out to us that's why we're doing this podcast that's why we're here that's why steve has jumped in because we're here for you and we just want to help you and encourage you um, on in the ministry that God has called you to. Well, thank you for listening to Art of the Assistant. If you know that this podcast could be a blessing or encouragement to someone else, please share it with them. And I know it, um, it can be an encouragement to those who might be struggling in the realm of ministry. Mm-hmm.